Preeti Chibber. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valen or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. My neck is scrawny and old. If you want to give it to a hangman or headsman, I'm almost done with it anyway. A gnarled old branch dulls the blade that severs a sapling. (laughs) (laughs) Because I would have, that is the exact quote (laughs) that I would have picked. Like, I'm not even lying to you. (laughs) She's so good. I'm so delighted we finally get on screen, Linny. I'm so excited about it. Um, we are rereading the books in honor of the TV show adaptations release, talking about our favorite and not so favorite moments. And today we are digging into, I didn't say that part, but that's fine. (laughs) We're going to talk about the fires of heaven chapters 15 through 21 after a little break because we both got sick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) First I got a cold and I was like, Preeti, I can't record. And then she got a cold. So then we were just behind (laughs) schedule by a week. We're like, well, we'll just add a week to the schedule. And here we are. Fine. It's It's fine. fine. It's not, neither one of us had COVID. We both got tested. It was good, but I did forget how much it sucks being sick. Yeah. I just forgot. I had a cold over the Christmas holidays and I was like, this is my least favorite thing because yeah. I was also like on vacation at the time and uh, I was like, screw you, cold. Like, why extra is bad. this the timing? But I will say that that was the first cold I had had in like two years. Because, yeah, this was the first you know. cold I had in two years. Like, <laughs> yeah. for sure. This one was actually worse. This one I just had. So it was not, it was not, it's not enjoyable. I did not enjoy it. Thank no. you everybody for your well wishes though. We appreciate yes, them. Yes, we do very much appreciate <laughs> it. And we're, we're very glad to be back. Indeed. Uh, doing this today. Um, okay, so pre-discussion notes. Last episode, which really genuinely does feel like <laughs> it was 8 billion years ago, um, we talked a little bit about sort of develop- character development and with our various characters and how slowly or quickly they're moving forward. And Matt was one that we both sort of felt that it was like, he's like this like rube of a kid. And then all of a sudden he's like this like ladies man. Lothario man. <laughs> uh, but in our discord, RMD Cade brought up a really interesting point. They said regarding that sudden world worldliness for me, I think it's all a result of the new memories. His entire approach to the world changes because he's essentially get his grown man self from a past living in his head. Basically anything that's colored by luck or combat and with Jordan, sexuality is grossly combative. Truth <laughs> feels like it undergoes a massive change for Matt after his ordeal. That is a very good point that neither mm-hmm. one of us thought of. And I thought was very interesting. Very insightful. That's a good call. Yeah. He's got a lot of like soldiery dudes hanging out in there. Mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of sense. It does. It makes me appreciate the change more and the mm. sort of like through line of the experience that Matt went through and how it impacts his character. Yeah. 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 Nice. All right. So let's see, let's get into these chapters. Okay. Chapter 15. When, when, okay. When last we left, (laughs) I I just, it's like, there's so much good stuff in this excerpt that we read today, but there was also so much like really annoying stuff. Mm. Um, but so when last we left Nynaeve, she was in Teleranriode mm-hmm. and she had that conversation with Brigitte and then she had a conversation with the wise ones and Egwene and they were mm-hmm. like, rah, 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 don't do stuff. And so now we're back and 
Nynaeve is going to um, Tarvalon. Yeah, she's like, I think I will do some more stuff in Teleranrad because I don't care. People can't tell me anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she's roaming around. She disguises herself because yes. she is a smart person sometimes. Well, uh, yeah, she gets to be smart, but not too smart. Yes. The text tells us. Yeah, yeah. So she disguises herself. And, and she's is- having trouble. She's having trouble getting to the room that she wants. She wants to get to the Amarlin's right. uh, office, remember? And she right. can't, we know why, yeah. obviously, as readers, because she's continuing to picture Sue and Sanchez Amarlin mm. study, and that's not what it is anymore. So it keeps, right. but I did think this was an interesting thing where it like sort of just sidesteps her mm-hmm. and puts her like in the mistress of novices room. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, and so then she's like physically climbing the stairs to the Emerlin mm-hmm. study and she sees Aleda. This cracked me Ooh. up. Aleda has dreamed herself into Teleranriot and is like yelling at her and then is suddenly gone. And Aleda is dressed as the Emerlin and Nynaeve's like, ha ha, like that. But she, ever I happened. know. I was like, you're so <laughs> close. But also her stole doesn't have the blue stripe. Right. Right. And I was like, you're such a catty bitch. <laughs> I mean, yes. I hate you. (laughs) She's the worst. Uh, So yeah, so then she goes in and she finds the study like significantly different. She's like, okay, well, this is weird. And then who should come in behind her? But But a disguised Egwene. And it leads to maybe one of my least favorite interactions they've ever had. Yeah, it's not. It's weird. I don't, I will say that I uh-huh. don't think it is inappropriate to have a power dynamic shift between sure. the two of them. But the way this goes down is so stupid. It's so stupid. It's like he uses Nynaeve's stagnation <clears throat> as a way to show growth for Egwene and Elaine mm. in a way that mm. is like super frustrating. Yeah. Because we had, you know, we had that thing about how, like, with her power and having to be angry, how there's right. been like no real movement from a narrative mm-hmm. standpoint, like, and no real, like, I think, textual evidence of why that ch- narrative choice is necessary. Right. There's some good headcanon going around about yes. it. Yes. Um, some great headcanon actually, but in terms of the text, yes. In terms of actual textual evidence I don't think we've seen enough as to what aside from authorial intent right and so here we have this interaction where like we find out later why Egwene is acting Mm -hmm. the way she does I don't think it really warrants the way this chapter is presented but Egwene is like consistently cutting Nynaeve off for like Mm -hmm. moving too quickly how she's gonna like literally like Nynaeve will start to speak and Egwene will interrupt her and yell mm-hmm. at her. And, and she it, like conjures these gross demons oh to like God. attack Nynaeve and assault her and like rip her dress like, off. Stop and it's like using, really, it's yeah. like this repeated thing where he uses sexual assault yeah. that is perpetrated by men, but women are complicit in. Yeah. Like in, in his, or directing in some cases, or directing, like in terms yeah. of the testing for the eyes to die for this accepted yes. and in this situation. Yeah. Oh, super. It's like gross and weird and yeah. like a weird continual 
trope. I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not like here it. for it either. It's because like Wayne is like, I did that. I made it. I can mm-hmm. unmake it. You don't. And she's using it as a way to tell Nynaeve she's like running before she knows how to walk, which is what the right. Isle Wise ones are telling Egwene, right? Right. It's very pot kettle. <laughs> mm. Um, which is the whole point of the whole situation, as we find out from Egwene's POV. But anyway if we like so granted that that all sucks um in the course of this conversation it becomes clear to them that a different person is now the amerlin like swan is no longer the Mm -hmm. amerlin and they're both they're snooping to try to find documentation about what's going on with the tower because of this weird message that yeah nynaeve got from the makira woman who tried to kidnap them yeah, so they're going through like letters and da da da, and Egwene is being very like, "You go over there and do that." Mm-hmm. And Nynaeve's having a lot of feelings about that power shift. Yeah, um, yeah, which like it would be nice. Like I know that that's not what this book is, but it would be nice if they could just be like, "Okay, well, Egwene is growing up. We don't need to like yank Nynaeve down below yeah. her, but like whatever." Yeah. Um, but Nynaeve finds. Or no, uh, Nynaeve finds a letter that she starts to read, but she gets and she thinks it's important, but then gets interrupted when Egwene is like, mm-hmm. is the Amerlin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's extremely and they like start to speculate about like what happened and why mm-hmm. and like, you know, what's going to happen now. Um and, and right. And they <clears throat> kind of get to the point where they're like, she's not going to support Rand. Mm-hmm. Like they know that she's not going to support Rand. And Nynaeve sort of figures out that uh, there's been a split in right. the Ajas. Like the tower is not whole. Like right. that must be what happened. And then Egwene has kind of a very condescending reaction <laughs> to that. Well, Egwene, um, and prior to that point, though, Egwene does, she found a letter that um, asked for the. Um, arrest of Moiraine yes. so like it's like super clear that you know yeah they, everything they is like finally have all the information yes yes right that we've been dying mm-hmm. for them to have for 300 pages yeah and like, then there's this whole weird like after that moment there's this whole weird confession where Nynaeve is like oh it's because I lied to Egwene that this power dynamic is weird so I'm gonna like tell her the truth about how I did get drugged by the Makira woman and it's just like it's so weird and stupid it's I just it's weird it's, it's, it's like very strange Egwene is like oh I guess I'll just punish you that I just, oh. like you punished me when I was little like, I it was, know it's so such a weird reading of how women interact about yeah. how women who have taken care of uh, like women mm-hmm. as they're growing up in our, like it's all weird it's all weird yeah. and I didn't like it um at all but okay so that happens um they kind of have this moment of like okay be safe blah blah blah, and then Nynaeve wakes up oh wait well first they have this whole thing about um who they're gonna tell oh Um, right 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 right, so Egwene is like well we have to tell Moiraine and probably Rand but like we can't tell everybody else like if the Isle find out that Mm -hmm. the tower is split like maybe they'll feel differently about serving the Aes Sedai and we don't want that so like we have to be careful about who we tell um so they agree to only tell Moiraine and Rand Mm -hmm. and nobody else and keep it like under their hats at least in any on Egwene's side like Nynaeve is obviously going to tell Elaine yes at all but yeah because 
they need to know things. Yes. Um, so then we like cut to Egwene POV after right. they wake up. And this is where we were like, she's actually super nervous about going into mm-hmm. Teller and Rand. She didn't want Nynaeve to know she was like going, doing things she wasn't supposed to be That's doing. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, but Egwene is very much thinking of it as like, a competition between mm-hmm. them. Like she, the phrasing is like, and with all of that, somehow she had gained the upper hand. Yep. And you're like, <sighs> that's not how friendships work. No, like that's not how that's relationships not, work. Not really, not good ones, which I think nine even Egwene do have a good relationship right? on the whole. Like even obviously their dynamic is, is like you said, very particular and needs to shift, but like there are better ways to do that than... But then I did kind of think this was funny about Egwene being like, wow, and I didn't even have to yell at her. And then she's like thinking about how like Moiraine never yells and how like, you know, trying a different tactic is perhaps going to serve her in her attempts to manage everyone around her because she is turning into such a manipulator. (laughs) Well, she's turning. Well, I actually really liked this part of Mm. like, this is the Egwene that I really like actually in terms of being really thoughtful and tactical about how Mm. she's approaching Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. and analytical in the way that she's looking at what her objectives are and what she needs to do. Right. Um, Right. Like the exchange that we'll get to in a second between her and Moiraine. I was like, this is amazing. Mm. This is, yeah, yeah. This is I agree what with I that. Want, I agree right? with that. Yep. Um, yeah. So she kind of like has that realization, right? And then she decides to go and try to see Rand first. Right. Um, there's some like grousing over Rand staying awake all hours mm. and like hanging out with to... Natale. Yeah. Yeah. Whom, whom we know as Asmodian. Mm. Um, and so she's sort of like, like looking, she's peering through the like crack of the tent or whatever to see what's going on. And it's Rand and, uh, Asmodian speaking. And I I actually really was like, this is amazing when he's like, read page 287 and page 400 and tell me you don't agree that this is a good joke. joke like he's mad no about no something. it's like a prophecy like upsetting yeah. it's like it's like a, a a joke laughing at him and his yeah, circumstance yeah, yeah, yeah. right but it is very funny to me this notion of he and Asmodian these lessons that they have right right are not just practical application of the power <laughs> but involve like theory and philosophy and all these pieces <laughs> I just love it I love it our dragon reborn is growing up he is growing up um and she, she sort of like, is like, all right, well, I tried. Right. <laughs> I don't want to tell him in front of this random gleeman who is not <laughs> explained to anyone other than right. wanting to tell the story of the dragon report. Right. So right. I guess a I'll go see Moiraine. <laughs> yeah. A legit choice. Yeah. And this is where they, and Moiraine is snooping. She's got um, mm-hmm. her stone out and she's trying to eavesdrop on somebody. We presumably ran, which Egwene says. Yes, and then Moiraine has a very eyes to die answer, yes, of course. Extremely eyes to die um, answer. Which is like, she, she's like, I didn't technically say that I wasn't <laughs> going to do this. So I said we should give him whatever. privacy. So. <laughs> and then uh, Egwene is just like, so late is the Amerlin. 
And yeah. Egwene does the same thing here where she is implying something she wants Moiraine to pick up on that is not the truth of what actually happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The very big Aes Sedai moves coming from Egwene. Who yes. Learns yes. very quickly. She does learn very quickly. Um, but she basically implies that it's her dreaming talent, perhaps manifesting yes. her foretelling talent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we and- get those, those brief moments, right? Right. Well, Moiraine is very stoic about it. She's like, well, what's going to happen is going to happen. And Egwene is like, don't you even care? Like, what if, What about Suan? Like, well, before that, though, like, this is what I, I wanted to talk about really quickly, though, before oh. the, the, where she's thinking through these um, uh, visions she's had in her brains, which we have gotten from Egwene before, right? When right. she's thinking about dreaming and from parent of these quick spurts, but this is a little bit more detailed and we're getting Egwene's thoughts about it Mm. more so than we would usually get like usually it was these like this is happening this is happening this is like very stressful and it was happening in these highly stressful moments but here she's like thinking about these visions or whatever you want to call it that she's had and sort of how her talent participates in them because it's the wise one said that knowledge had to come from within and none of the eyes to die had been any more help so like she has these visions but it has to come from her how to interpret them right 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 like we're getting basically like dream foretelling lore here right okay through through her thing so we have rand sitting in a chair but she knows that who whomever's chair he's sitting in is a woman and that woman is furious with him for sitting in that chair right right then we have like our first i think real mention of parent <laughs> yeah and i liked like she's like there's a tinker standing over his his uh shoulder with a sword but that's weird because they don't touch her and does she not is it just like she can't recognize aram i was face? wondering about that too because she's met aram right yeah. Which that gives me pause because she has met Aram. So yeah. if it's not Aram, who is this tinker? Right. But Aram's it's gotta the only, be Aram though. Right? It's gotta be. But I don't know. Um yeah. and then Matt throwing dice with blood streaming down his face, like Tom Maryland putting his hand in the fire and taking out the blue stone that Moiraine has. Right. She's like, right. what does that mean? <laughs> like it's it's so good. Yeah. And is this good. is where she like tells Moiraine that I saw an arrest warrant for you mm-hmm. signed by Aleda. Um and then this is where they have the conversation where she's like, don't you care about right. Suan? Right. 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 And Moiraine tells her basically the whole story of like that we just got a new spring. I love like, it. When we were young, like we were there for this prophecy and then the Emerlin died and we've been searching this whole time. And you're like, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah. And it is. It's a really lovely moment between the two of them where Moiraine is like, yeah, I'm upset, but like I have, I have a job to do. I've been, right? I've dedicated my entire life to this one job and I have to keep going. It's like a very, very stark truth. And she's like, we've been doing this for 20, 21 <laughs> years, basically. Yeah. Um, and she gives her this, this saying, this carrying and saying, carrying and saying, take what you want and pay for it. And Suan and I took the path we wanted and we knew we would have to pay for it eventually. Right. Um, and, and you know, Elaine, uh, Elaine, Egwene, this is what I really liked is Egwene kind of listens to her. Like, this is a really great tactical conversation between two people 
who both have strong perspectives on what's happening, but are who are both very thoughtful about the choices they're making. Right, right. Right, which we don't often get without that through line of competition between friends or frustration and needing these sort of like absurd emotions. Like they could just, they were just allowed to have this really interesting, intelligent conversation with neither one of them coming out the other side looking like a loser. Right, right. Which is rare, unfortunately. Sadly. Right? Because we have like, Egwene kind of comes back with, you know, Moiraine is like that sort of thing. And Egwene's like, okay, but if we have a chance here, the blues and yellows are against Aleda probably. So that's support for Rand. Right. Because Aleda probably won't support Rand. Right. Yeah. Um, I was surprised by Moiraine sort of being like, I would actually rather the tower be whole and under Aleda than... (laughs) Yeah. Broken. I agree with that. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But it but it never felt I like keep coming back to this. It didn't feel like that her perspective her perspective didn't feel authentic. Like that felt like someone who has been an Aes Sedai for 20 odd years. Right. Being like the tower is symbolic. The tower means right. something, right? right? Um Like, and like, it's, it's just really stark what she's saying, where it's the tower whole and united. I could almost wish that every sister had sworn to Aleda, whatever happened to Suan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is very like, this is the Moiraine we know who will like kill people if she has to, who will do whatever it takes to succeed at her mission. However she feels about whoever she's interacting with it's yeah it's cold and it's harsh and it is very her it is very her and so Egwene is like but I love Egwene here is like you know obviously you're not giving up like I know you whatever you're saying right now about the tower and about Rand and about the Aes Sedai like what is what's your plan like what are you planning Mm -hmm. and Moiraine is like well (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do what I can. Right. (laughs) Going to teach him what I can. (laughs) Yep. And then they have this moment about land fear and the forsaken because, you know, Nynaeve has seen forsaken in Teleran Riyadh and Egwene is telling her like who she's seen and they know that land fear is like around (laughs) and very deeply concerned with Rand. And in love with Luthan. I thought that was a pretty big moment where they like, they, they say, uh, but it was known that Lanfear had loved Luz there in Telamon and they too and Rand knew that she still did. Yeah, yeah. Which this whole book feels like it's like, we're going to humanize the Forsaken <laughs> and show you that they're not these all-powerful, terrifying beings. They're just petty, power-hungry jerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Because she literally says, like, they may be strong in many ways, but they are sadly lacking. Right. Well, she's talking about the wise ones there, but, like, yeah. she's basically, like, we'll have to figure all of this out, right? Like, right. we have the Forsaken, we've got Lanfear, we're going to have to do what we can But I love with this, what we have. Yeah, and I love this moment, too, where 
she's like, Brand is learning to run. Like we have yes. to help him do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really, I, I love that too. Oh, but the end is so good. This is where I like, I just really, really liked this conversation between the two of them because Egwene sort of is like, why have you started to do everything Rand asked you to do? And that's, I think we saw it very much as like a point where she was just like, this is all I'm going to, like, I have to adapt because he is giving me no other choice. Yeah. But I loved her here being like, I remembered how to control Sadar. And Egwene is like, oh, right. You have to (laughs) surrender to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just this like wonderful moment between this is it, right? Egwene is growing and Moiraine is talking to her like she's growing, but it's not this strange competition. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it so much. (laughs) I thought it was so good. I can tell we just spent 30 minutes on one chapter. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's been like 20. Mm, Okay. Don't worry. There's other stuff that I didn't like that we're going to get through real fast. So then we switch to an Elaine POV mm-hmm. and she also had bad dreams. Um, and let's see. Oh, no, wait, this is no, Nynaeve. it's Nynaeve. Sorry, Nynaeve. My bad, my bad. I was Elaine's like, wait, name shows up at the top of the page and I was like, it's Elaine, but it's not. It's Nynaeve. No, it's she Nynaeve. had terrible dreams. She's got these scratches from Egwene's monsters. Ugh. So messed up. So messed so, up. So, so messed up. This is where it occurred to me that Nynaeve being like deliberately stagnated so that everyone else can grow. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So she and Elaine are sort of going back and forth about how to get to tier. Um, mm-hmm. Elaine wants to take a boat. Uh, like Nynaeve- too much information. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, no, who totally. cares? I know. So they go back and <laughs> forth and back and forth. Um, <laughs> and they're Elaine, or excuse me. Nynaeve is trying to remember the name of the place where the rebels are gathering. Which we know is yes. Sally, Sally Dare. Dare. The best <laughs> code name ever. Um, there is a moment where uh, Elaine is like, are you sure we should have sent Brigitte right. to like, look for Mogedian? Yeah. And I was like, oh no, why does that feel like foreshadowing oh it is it is so they go Um, down to breakfast this is another thing where I was so irritated because they're like there's a bunch of white cloaks in here but it's probably fine and lo and behold who's in the end but Gallad, the worst the actual worst I literally wrote no in caps and (laughs) underlined it like 10 times because Gallad has joined the fucking white cloak. yes he has and he, he and they're sucks. still like Nynaeve is like drooling over how hot he is um, how hot could he possibly be <laughs> the minute he put that white cloak on like I'm sure his skin is washed out like come on <sighs> so he's like you know they have this whole conversation that's a very weird conversation because Elaine is obviously not happy to see him, but she's also trying to like manage the conversation in a very specific way. Yeah. And they all are trying to keep from drawing the attention of the other white cloaks because obviously mm-hmm. that would be bad for everyone. And Gallat is like, by the way, where's Egwene? Um, of course. <laughs> well, they have this like, I love this like, 
why did you join the White Cloaks? And he's like, because I thought it would be a good idea. (laughs) Seemed right. Amen Valda thinks I'll be great because I guess he's risen up in ranks pretty fast. Cool, I guess. Um, (laughs) They have a little bit of a conversation about Mm -hmm, mm Margay's and like how pissed off Margay's is. Yeah. with the tower right. and Elaine is like I sent a letter like, I don't <laughs> understand why she's mad right. <laughs> and then yeah she's like is it going there Gowan's also missing her they're yeah. like what is Gowan doing yep yep and he's still in the north and mm-hmm. Nynaeve is like there's no way he's supporting Elena and I'm just like oh my god Nynaeve if only you knew I know uh, he tells them that Suen has been stilled and executed. Yes. So now they think she's dead. Right. And um, he's like, you, I'm going to take you to Camelin. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to go to Camelin. You need to be safe with mother. And Elaine is like, I have to think about it. I need Elaine handles it su- super she smartly, does. I think. Right. Yeah. And yeah. of course, Nagneve has to be like, right. I don't understand why she's being so stupid. And you're like, right. Oh, shut up. Shut up. So this other white cloak comes over and is like, oh, I didn't know you knew all the pretty girls. And Galad is like, uh, I thought I knew them, but I don't but know I don't. them. So <laughs> I, we're going to go now. Okay, bye. Um, and Elaine like drags Nynaeve upstairs and she's like, we have to go right now. Like either he's going to force us to go to Camelin or yep. he's going to turn us over to the white cloaks. I and right now it, he's though. deciding which is which. And I was it's like, so good, it's right? so good. It's so, it's good. so stressful. It's so <laughs> it stressful really is. when she's like, he is not my brother because mm-hmm. he's their half brother. Yes. And he's like, Galad does what is right. What he thinks is right. Right now he has two right options. Right. He has to decide. And you're like, <gasps> <gasps> and Tom and Julian come in and Elaine tells Tom, she's like, you remember that he's a monster, right? Like we have to get out. <gasps> Of here. <laughs> and I love Tom is like, I suppose it shouldn't surprise that he grew into a white cloak. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. Yep. Turns out he's a fascist. <laughs> surprise. Um, then Ooh. there's like, there's some, it's a lot of like, then like, what are we going to do? How right. are we going to get out of here? Mm-hmm. And they have to like, kind of give up all the stuff they had. The the ladies and her maid have to go out the window in terms yeah, yeah. of the excuses. We get a little bit more white cloak stuff. Like Pejon Nile is trying to convince everybody that he's the only one who can defeat Rand. And he's trying to rally all these different. Right. And there's like some mentions of like the king doing this and that and some like politicky stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we then... have like well <laughs> I like that we have Nynaeve sort of is like working through this pro like problem in her head while they're having this conversation yeah of like what are they gonna do and mm. then she's like oh shit the menagerie I know I love this I was like when this happened I was like yes they're gonna run away to join the circus it's finally <laughs> happening because I remember that this I don't happens. remember is it any a- of this I was checking my things I remember doc and it, it was right there I was like there it is I remembered <laughs> I remembered. Um, so yeah, I was so excited that it was finally happening. So yes, they are like, okay, we will sneak out the back way. We'll go find the menagerie. We'll pay them to escort us to mm-hmm. where we want to go. And like, they want money and we need a getaway. Like it's a beautiful plan. It actually is a beautiful plan. It's, it's a, a great plan. plan. They like go through everything and like, of course, Nynaeve has to get cut down again because God forbid yes. she just like be able to have a good plan because then like 
Elaine's like, oh, wow, that's such a good idea. And Nine was like, yeah, it was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was not. It's such an unnecessary lie. And so it's just so she can call back to feeling childish and small in the dream. Like when yeah. Wayne was threatening her to drink that thing, like whatever. Yeah. Um, part of it though is, so Elaine, when Tom came in and said, you remember he used to be a monster. Yes. Yes. Nynaeve was like, so <laughs> you knew Tom, huh? <laughs> Yeah, and this is where we get this whole weird, Ugh. like, oh, this explains everything. She's competing Ugh. against her own mother like, for, like, sexuality. And you're what? like, Whoa. It's so <laughs> strange because it's just like, you know, that's what girls do. Yeah, it's, like, totally do normal. They? It is not normal, maybe. <laughs> it's not normal. It's so weird. Robert Jordan making it weird. Yeah, that's right. There Way was some go. discussion in the discord of like how that probably came out of like a 1970s psych textbook. And I was like, that sounds right. That, that sounds, sounds correct. That, that seems legit. My notes are just like, lol, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, no. <laughs> let's just move on, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So that's the end of that chapter. They, they're like getting ready to sneak out. Yeah. For um, what it's worth five minutes on that chapter What's up? <laughs> they're not every chapter needs What's half up? an hour but some of them do that's how it goes uh so yes yeah, so chapter 17 is still with naive still with naive and they're like doing their whole like <clears throat> getaway like pretending that elaine is like feeling ill and needs to lie down and are not to be disturbed and then they sneak out and tom and julian have gone separately blah 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 and they meet them oh this is where the pedro nile thing happens where tom is like i've been listening to all these rumors yeah yes. uh, pedro nile is trying to unite the nations against rand mm-hmm. um and this is where Nynaeve sort of thinks about Tom and how good he is at pulling out rumors and pulling out what's yeah. going on based on what people are talking about because she was like, he didn't tell the White Cloaks that. Like, how did you know? And right. Tom's like, well, there are too many people repeating the same thing for it mm-hmm. to be anything but a seeded rumor. Yeah, so she's like, all right, it all makes sense now. He was a court bard. Like, he knows some shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but it was, it was... I liked her reaction here too, where uh, she's listening to all this about um, the white cloaks and like what's forthcoming. And she's like, it isn't as if we should not have expected something like this. And then she thinks she never had, but she should have. Mm. And that felt like a very good naive thought. It didn't feel like cutting down. It didn't feel like, oh, I'm so stupid. It's just, this is so big. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like this is, how do you hold on to all of this? Right. Right. Oof. Yeah. It's so good. It's really intense. So yeah. So then they head out and they find the menagerie. And mm-hmm. because Nynaeve gave him like a quarter basically when they left, <laughs> he is not particular. Alan Luca is not particularly happy to see them. Nope. And this is why you should be nice to people. This is why you should be nice to people. And she's like, we've got money. And he's like, oh, sure you do. But like, like, who did you steal it from? Yeah, like, (laughs) who did you rob? Like, we don't need any of this kind of attention. So he's putting up a big struggle in a lane to to save the day. So good. She's like, I don't want to get married. My brother's being an asshole about it. Like, I will pay you X amount to, you know, 
escort me where I want to go and mm-hmm. save me from not having to get married. And she's like a hundred gold coins. And then yes. even her head is like, we could have done it with silver. <laughs> Relax lady. <sighs> so good. So um, yeah, they have to, <laughs> so they have to convince him to bring them on. And Tom is like, well, I can eat fire. I can juggle. Look like, at all these things nice, I can do. But like, what about the rest of you? Um, and they find out that the tightrope tight walker recently was injured. And Elaine's like, I can do that. And so she just goes ahead and climbs up. I loved, I remembered that this happened. She uses the power yeah. to walk across the tightrope. And I'm like, she's a freaking genius. Like, that's so, so smart. smart. So smart. But, okay, here's my question, though, is if she yeah. has to do this, like, what if they go into a town? And like someone, an Aes Sedai like comes to the circus. Yeah, that's a problem that she has like, not thought about. She would just have to like not like, like she would have to pretend to like get injured or something, yes. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then and- she makes <laughs> Julian do it too. Yeah. So it's funny. funny. Julian's like, I hate this. I hate this. I, hate <laughs> I don't want to do it. And Luca's like, this is hilarious. You're so good. And he's so scared. <laughs> also, you have nice legs. You're hired. Gross. Um. And then, of course, he's like, what about you to Nynaeve? And she's like, I handle the money. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I do love because Val and Luca like tried to put the moves on Elaine. It's like, you don't have to do anything. You can just like come live in my cabin. And Nynaeve's like, how about I come live in your cabin? And he's like, God, no, <laughs> no. run away. No, thank you. <laughs> um, so they like agree to bring them on. And Luca like tells everybody about them and they meet all these people. Yes, there's uh, a who, lot of characters. There's a lot of characters. Yes. Like you got illuminators, you got a strong man. Oh yeah, the return like of Aludra, who we mm-hmm. know already from was it Carhian? Kenchiko? I think it's Carhian. Terabon. Terabon. I don't remember. Some other. Wherever Terabon. it was, Terabon. it was where Rand and Lanfear were like running yeah. through the thing. Yeah, and they yes. set the illuminator. Yeah, yeah. They on blew fire. up all the stuff, and then Aludra and Matt ran into each other yeah. in the stable, and there was that whole thing. Now so we're we, coming back to that like joke we used to say about Robert Jordan. Like when I was in high school, I remember talking about this with a friend and being like, he'll do this thing where he mentions a character once and that character yeah. shows up like eight books later. Yeah. And I don't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, that's a Ludra. This cracked me up though. So Nynaeve is like poking around mm-hmm. and she sees uh, the boar horses and the woman yep. taking care of it and recognizes that the woman is Shanchen. And this, my notes here are like, oh yeah, this is totally normal for you to just go accost this woman and be like, I know you're Shanchen. Like, why would you do that? It's the least subtle move ever. It's so not subtle. And it's so like where you're like, I've seen you. If I hadn't seen Nynaeve be better than this. Yeah. I've seen her. This is one where I'm like, fine. This is a situation in which I could understand your emotions getting the best of you, Mm. I suppose. But you already just had that whole interaction with what was the other Sanchan's name? And yeah, uh, yeah, I can't remember. Whatever her name was. Who they like befriended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you had your sort of like experience of not forgiving, but Mm -hmm. like, like this truly like humanizing the enemy in a way that I'm like, that's kind of unnecessary, but whatever. Right. Um, So yeah, I agree with you. Like, why? Yes. Why? So they like accost her and they tell her that they can channel and they know about like the domain. I'm like, why are you telling her all your secrets? You're so stupid. But this, wo- this woman basically was like, 
well, you're a hot to Elaine is like, you're mm-hmm. a you're a high lady. So and she like bows and I will of her. do whatever you want. Yeah. And like Elaine's like, OK, well, you answer all of our questions and we'll teach you. I'll teach you how to behave properly, which I was like, <laughs> what are you asking this random person? who like clearly wasn't even in the upper echelons of society it's such a strange thing there's like weirdest thing the motivation is lacking yeah seriously we should say yeah and then yeah this chapter 18 it's like and what are our villains up to let's go find out what our villains are up to so this is like an entirely villain pov um we start with leandrin who is who going- is so angry <laughs> about so not having her braids <laughs> she's her going honey, back to her house honey braids <laughs> sorry if there was like a find for all of the you know recurring phrases in robert jordan's you know works i think the honey braids would be up there not as high as like she crossed her arms underneath her breasts but like it's definitely up there or sniffing yeah the sniffing yeah um i do want to point out so she's thinking she's like rushing through amador and she's like back to her like layer or whatever yeah um and she's thinking about uh how sue and sanch has finally been dealt with but I really liked the phrasing where she's like the Sanch woman had been disposed of Suen had escaped true but she was a useless rag now and I was like damn that's such a good line for a villain to think (laughs) like that's so rough yeah (laughs) Leandrin is also the worst yeah and she's like having all of these thoughts about like how she had to like teach these dark friends how to behave towards her and like this and that and Mm -hmm. they used to think they were somebody and now they know they're nobody and blah 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 and she also thinks about how like there's no way Nynaeve or Egwene or Elaine could have been in Tanchico she was like everything went horribly wrong in Tanchico I would almost think they were there but there's no way they could have been there like what this is this is what i'm saying is like this whole book is like actually the villains are all petty morons like (laughs) like everyone all of them yeah yeah um so she's like thinking she's i did like this line too where she's thinking about how like some of the other like black aja who are with her uh and she's thinking of this woman to male who likes to spread pain and she's like she was gray Asia before coming black. She had been very successful as a mediator because she liked spreading pain. And I was like, damn, Robert Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what you really think. Right. <laughs> like, it's not about like coming to like a compromise. Yeah. It's about making sure everybody hurts the same. <laughs> like, geez. <laughs> grim. It's grim. Um, so she goes into like where they're all headed they're all hanging out yeah well because someone the woman of the house that they're staying in that they've uh taken over is like there's somebody here mm -hmm. there's someone there's someone with the sisters you should go up yeah 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 and every woman in that room is looking freaked the fuck out yep and then there's a woman where she's like is that the servant gilding (laughs) and then it's like no bitch i'm mogedian (laughs) reveal (laughs) (sighs) Uh, and then leandrin is like trying to play like 
you know, she's she's just doing all this math around like, can she overpower her? Why this is weird though, right? Out? Like you would think she would have more reverence for the Forsaken. Like, well, no, that's my point. Is like, so he sets us up immediately with like, this is not about reverence because he's he says the other seemed afraid to twitch. Why had one of the Forsaken? They were not supposed to use that name, but usually did amongst themselves. Like that immediately right off the bat is like, this is not about respect. This is not about any of that, right? And Leandrin is to your point being like, how do I not only survive this, but go beyond, beyond this other person? Right, she wants to win. She wants to win because that's how it's it's a fallibility in the ranks among the dark one where it's right. just consistently promising more power, more power, more power because you don't have anything else going for you. Like what right. is what is your relationship to the actual belief structure of the dark one? Right. It's not. It's just right. about power. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I was like thrown by was this like <laughs> this like weirdness one of like they're like oh do you have why are you here like we have what like we have our um Leandrin is thinking that they have their their uh, orders of what they're supposed to be doing right and Mogedian says you serve whichever of the chosen choose to snap you up mm. which again comes back to like there's no clear <laughs> the dark one needs better messaging <laughs> And a consistent through line to achieve his goals <laughs> does not seem to exist. <laughs> Their management structure is a disaster. Like it's the org great. chart for the dark one is Bad a news. mess. It's a mess. You've got, we know that the dark one is like the CEO, right? He's like the big boss. He's the big man. He's, he's the, the Bezos, if you will. <laughs> the Musk. <laughs> And then you just have sort of the situation in which he's like, uh, can you stand in this pit? <laughs> I feel like you're probably good management material. <laughs> and then there's a thousand middle managers with no clear hierarchy, no competing priorities. Nobody has the same goals. It's all very messy. It's, there's no, <laughs> which there's is no good for thesis. the opposition. It's Great. good for the opposition. Great for the opposition. Great for dragon llc <laughs> this is why the white cloaks are so dangerous is because they do yes. have marketing yes. they have branding they have yes. a clear hierarchy and a clear message and it is terrifying it's terrifying but they are organized and yep. they know how to get shit done it is horrifying oh too many real world <laughs> this is our digression oh, into like business theory <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> All right. So going back to this so, chapter. Yeah, going back to this chapter. Uh, so what I thought was really weird about this is that Leandrin is like, I have this trick. She keeps thinking about this trick, which seems to just be kind of misdirection. Well, like sort of. This is like a through line for her as far as I remember. Because I remember for early on when we met her and knew she was the fucking worst. She was like, torturing lady Amalisa like she was like oh, right remember she was like made her feel pain and then 
Um, <laughs> like then she wants to obey her. Like, and it's, it's like a very weak form of compulsion combined with a trick for causing people pain. So this is like, that's what, this is a callback to with these oh, other times. I just like waiting for Leandrin some like, big... to do this. No, no, no. It's just like a thing you forgot about. Leandrin. Right. Cause like, yeah. then it just happens. Cause the, and the way it was described is she's like, okay, I'm going to do it. And she's like, I beg for you. She's like saying all right. these words about like begging for like her, whatever, yeah, yeah. distracting her. But Gideon's eyes dropped to her cup and in a flash while the words still tumbled from her mouth, Leandrin embraced the source and channeled, seeking the crack that must be in the Forsaken's confidence, the crack that was in everyone's facade of strength. Have you met a Forsaken? <laughs> Clearly no. This is like, her first Forsaken meeting. Exactly. So what is this, the crack that must be in the Forsaken's confidence? I, Leandrin. I wish you all could see Brady's face right now. I, I just, I just, you, you deserve to be I don't even know what, like, that was just such a I mean, bad choice. I feel like this is part of Leandrin's character. For me, this all hangs together because Leandrin is so insecure about yes. her power and her position and how true, others treat true, her true, true, true. and how she has to constantly maintain control and like the upper hand in everything yes. and like think down about everyone she interacts with and like if somebody like challenges her she's all over that shit right like mm -hmm. this is this is Leander and Tutti over like deep-seated in insecurity that leads to aggressive overconfidence yeah no solid points solid points all around <laughs> I think just with the combination of like how this entire book so yeah, far yeah, has yeah, been yeah, like yeah. all the villains are petty bitches <clears throat> right totally that I'm like where's the fear coming from yeah yeah and I mean they do individual bad shit power to they do and they they're do. powerful but yeah you're right you're right but it's, it's individualized it's power yeah, it's so so when you know Moiraine says something like if six forsaken come for him we're gonna yeah. have to figure out a deal with it. and I'm like that's not going to happen right? Exactly. they all hate each other. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. But yeah, so, so, so Mogedian puts the, uh, the obedience whammy on Leandrin mm -hmm. and is like, you don't know what you're doing. I do. Now, you know, it like you are gonna do my bidding. And Leandrin's like, if I could just learn that. <laughs> So then we have this whole repeat of a scene we've seen before with yep. the dark one, dark friends getting orders. Like everybody's cordoned off. They can't hear what everybody else's instructions are for. She mm -hmm. sends off some of them this way and that way. And that Leandrin's trying to read their, you know, expressions, to try to get clues about what's going on. Um, and she keeps a few of them back and is like, I want you to go find Nynaeve. And bring her to me. Yep. And you're yep. Like, oh shit. Yep. And and Mogedian is like, day before yesterday, she was in this village called Sienda. Yes. Like she literally is like, like up how does to the she minute. know? I she's think got dark spies. I think it's in. I think maybe Teleranriod. Like think? I don't know. Yeah. I because just there is she had spies. She always has spies, but also. They make such a big deal about trying to find Mogedian and Teleran Rio, but we know Mogedian is the the Forsaken who can hide for as long right. as she needs to. Right, right. And she's like, they, they call her the spider, right? Like right. she's super sneaky, super creepy, super weird, like yeah. super like 
is able to like, she was literally underfoot of the Black Aja mm-hmm. and Tanjiko mm-hmm. and none of them knew. Right. So right. I don't know. I feel like she, there's something where she snuck up and Teleran Riot or something and that's okay. how she knows. All right. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. Chapter 19. Yay. I love this chapter. I know it's so, I was so ready for this chapter to happen. I also remembered this. I just couldn't remember when we were going to get there, but we're in Morgaze's head in Camlin Mm -hmm. and she finally wakes up to what is going on with Gabriel. And I will. Okay. So it starts and, uh, it's that Talonvor. <laughs> Talonvor. I actually kind of hate Talonvor. <laughs> I don't remember I him. I find well him enough. extremely annoying. He is so overwrought and like up in like the sad puppy dog, emo, angry boy face. I cannot He's stand Talonvor. Like He's- I understand with the his utility last... of him as a character. Listen, <laughs> listen, with his last dying breath. Oh my God, I can't. He'd apologize for bleeding on Morgay's shirt. Cannot. <laughs> he's so annoying. He's but, so like, emo. He's important <laughs> to this section. So like, fine, fine, Talonvor, whatever. <laughs> when Morgay shows up, he's like, vindicated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Truly, truly. <laughs> oh man, Talonvor is going to bring out all the emo jokes. I'm not even <laughs> sorry. Okay. So Morgaze is in her room and she's like confused about why she's like in her room with her book. Like there's that's sort of a through line here yeah. where she makes choices and doesn't remember making them, doesn't remember why she's participating in it. And it's because truly she's not making choices. Is it Damadred? Right? It's Gabriel. Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Damandred? Damandred? Something like that. It starts with a D. But it's it's that one, right? It's that forsaken dude. Um, Is is pushing her in the direction he wants her to be in. Yes. But so she's sitting there and then Talonvor comes in is like, hey, there's a rebellion (laughs) happening in Two Rivers. I don't know if anyone I refuse to call him Talonvor. I'm going to call him Martin from now on. (laughs) That's his name. Martin. Sorry, such derision. Talonvor is too cool of a name for you, Martin. (laughs) Sorry, Martin. (laughs) Martin. (laughs) Anyway, he's just sitting there. This cons, shaggy (laughs) hair. Um, So he shows up and is like, "So there's like a rebellion happening in Two Rivers, and I don't know if anyone told you, so I thought I should tell you." Uh, And she's like, "I like this thing where Morgaze is like." She thinks about Two Rivers and how it's never really been worth it to try to bring them in to the fold because they like Tabak too much. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I guess word of Manetheran flags being flown, et cetera, is like not great for Andor. Yeah. So (laughs) she's like, does Gabriel know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, but he said it's not that big of a deal. Like Two Rivers is just kind of annoying and that they deal with it later. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So she goes storming off to find him. And he's in this like courtyard surrounded by his cronies, all of whom are enemies of Morgay's, like mm-hmm. established like traitors, basically to the yep. court who did not want her crowned. Mm-hmm. And they're like having some conversation about like Carrion and, you know, Morgay's is like, we have to talk about two rivers. Yeah, we have. And he's to talk like, about oh, this. it's fine. It doesn't matter. You should go back to your room and read. And she tries to push back mm-hmm. and he's and there's this part, right, where she's like, oh, no, I don't think so. Like, we have to talk about this. 
And then suddenly he was on his feet, a big man towering over her. She seemed unable to look at anything but his dark eyes and her skin tingled as if an icy wind were blowing through the courtyard. And he literally gives her an order. Mm -hmm. Like, you will go and wait for me. Mm -hmm. I have dealt with the things that are that need to be dealt with. You will go now. You will go. Yeah. I, I really liked that entire paragraph. I thought it was like, unlike sort of the gross ways Robert Jordan uses yeah. assault and violence, yeah. this felt very real and threatening, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting because it's really this moment where she is being shamed in front of people that mm-hmm. and like uh, like emotionally abused in front of people that she knows yeah. do not have her best interests at heart that she's like actively in danger that finally lets her wake up enough to be like mm-hmm. like because she finds herself back at the door to her room but she yeah. can remember what just happened and she like is sort of acting on instinct and in, I think this very like real way where she's like mm-hmm. I have to find a safe place because it's, I am she, not right. Safe. I'm not. She safe. has to find a safe place. She had she's she thinks that she doesn't know where she's going. Yeah. Only that she would not wait obediently. Mm-hmm. Like she knows that that's not a part of who she is. And so she's like, I just have to go. I yeah. just I just have to go somewhere that is not where he wants me to be. And she knows she's aware enough to know that her life and her throne are in danger. Yes. So like, you know, she's got the combined whammy. And so she goes to Linny, who is the best. The best. We already knew Linny was the best by hearsay. And now we get to see her in person. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. The nurse it was her nurse. To the queens of Andor. It's yes, three yes. generation of yes. three generations of queens that Linny has nursed. Yes. So she goes in and she's waiting for Linny and Linny comes in and is like <laughs> giving her sass right from the jump. This so is where your good. quote at the top came <laughs> yes, from, which was so great. Mm-hmm. Because like she comes in and says something and Morgane is like, you need, Morgane is like, you need to remember though that like I'm queen. And Linny's like, no, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Not a big deal I take to my me. hat off, fine. Um, but we get more of the sense of like Morgane has been losing time because mm-hmm. Linny's like, well, I haven't seen you in a minute. And she's like, I come every week and she's like you've not been here since the spring like yeah. I hate to tell you yeah um, and so she starts to like reality check with Linny and be like well what about this like when did this happen mm-hmm. and Linny's like telling her like yeah you exiled all of your allies you mm-hmm. accused people of being traitors like you mistreated you're like best friends yeah you kicked out yeah yeah and like Gabriel is cheating on you with all of these other women and like everybody knows that and Linny sort of like bad picks up that something deeper is wrong and she's like you need a healer yeah because Morgay's through her perspective and Robert Jordan is doing a really good job with this of like is this like steady um beat of like the push and pull of like information she's being given Uh about what happened what she she vaguely remembers happening but paired with that part of her that wants to listen to Gabriel and follow those Mm -hmm. instructions and go back and be that obedient woman by his side so it's it's a really interesting like way that he's building the tension in this chapter yeah Um, I do wonder if he did some legit like research into what it's like to be a survivor of an abusive relationship because I think some of this is very influenced by like my understanding and experience Mm -hmm. of that so yeah I think there's some I think there's some real good nuggets of like that mindset and like how you have to start yeah like unpeeling all of these layers of like 
illusion that have been built around you or delusion or, you know, ways that you've been like gaslit and, you know, like told that things are one way when they're actually another, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. It's interesting. Obviously this is magical gaslighting and, abuse, but it's still, but- still in there. <laughs> It's um, definitely in there. And, and she also recognizes, I love that she recognizes that her antipathy towards the tower has gotten out of hand. Yes. Because Linny is like, you need a nice yeah. guy healer. Right. And mm-hmm. she's like, I mean, Morgay still is like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. But she yeah. does think like her animosity has grown recently beyond what some might say is reasonable, mm-hmm. but she still couldn't make herself trust the tower that had hidden her daughter. Right. Um, right. So like, it's, it's interesting. And she does like, she also is like, I don't think there are any Aes Sedai in Camelon who could do this anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Um, she so she sends, sends Linny for Martin. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she realizes when Linny leaves, the urge to obey Gabriel goes, grows stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we sort of get this like very yeah trip down memory lane with more gays about her horrible taste in men yeah, which yeah. i wouldn't have i would have actually really liked learning about these people somewhere from else perspective not here had it not been within this context yeah right it's, it's the wrong moment for this it's very strange um yeah. but it was like she thinks about tarangale damadred mm-hmm. wait that's damadred yeah. what is the other one what is the forsaken is D, name though I can't remember. Uh, I don't remember. Um, damn. Okay. Well, whatever. That dude. <laughs> bad dude. Bad forsaken dude with the yeah. name D something. Mm-hmm. Um, but so she married Tarangale for political purposes, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who had originally been married to Tigraine, mm-hmm. who disappeared. Yes. Um, and then he- it is Demandred. Okay. Excuse me. Demandred is how you're supposed to say it. That's ridiculous. so. It's Damadred and Demandred. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, so she thinks anyway. about Tom. So well, so Tarangale dies in a hunting accident, right? Right after the two kids. Mm-hmm. Um. Although there's, Gallad is the older one, who's the white cloak. Yes. Who is Tarangale and Tigraine's kid? Yes. Right. Also names that are too close together. Far too close together. And then Gowan and Elaine are more gays and Yes, Taryn Gale. And so then comes Tom, who I do want to talk about this, <laughs> this sort of like maybe I was thinking about it later, but I do remember writing down somewhere. Tom's so she thinks he had been twice her age when yes, she met Tom. I right? was trying to do this math. Same. So say, say, and this is second. Yes. This is after her yes. kids. So say she's like, I don't know. We'll keep her young even. Yeah. 24. Yeah. 23, 24, right? Mm-hmm. Tom is four, mid 40s. Yeah, 46. Which mean now he's yes. like mid 60s. Yes. yes. And Elaine is. Like I'm, I'm going to get with that, <laughs> but also it means Tom is our guy with, in terms of our like core sort of from the book one cast who has been around the longest and has experienced more of the time in the world than anyone. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cause he went through, he would have gone through the aisle war. Yeah. 
as someone who is at least right 20 years older than right. my reign. No. Oh right? uh, yeah. Ish. About if we're saying more rain is like 40. Yeah, yeah. That's probably right. Cause we're gonna say that like more more gays is in her forties now if Elaine yeah. is like 18, because right. Gowan is older than her. Right, right. Right? Right. I just <laughs> I don't understand why any of this is happening with her. <laughs> You mean like, I don't, I'm not sure. I One, I think Tom has more, Tom, we've been told multiple times is super knowledgeable about the world. Okay. Also, we know that he left because of presumably what happened with his nephew, right? His nephew oh, is that one. why? I, I was trying to put it together. There's this moment I assumed where it was she's the like, nephew. I think you're probably right. He vanishes without a word and she gets really mad. And when he finally comes back, he like yells back at her. And so she banishes him. I think you're right. It must've been his nephew. Because he's calls her a spoiled child and a yeah. puppet of Tarvalon. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. My guess is it's about the nephew, you're right, right? You're right. You're absolutely right. So he just has all these experience. He's like, you know what? He's like fucking R2-D2. Who R2-D2 <laughs> knows fucking everything that happened in Star Wars and doesn't tell anyone shit. <laughs> so your problem is his lack of information sharing? Yes, okay. yes. That okay. is my problem. In <laughs> in tandem with his use as a romantic hero. Oh yeah, I mean, in, Elaine. it's deeply gross in but multiple he, levels. That bit, but right, yeah. But I just feel like he knows everything. And now, five, what book are we on? Five books in, he is not shared enough. Interesting. I think. Interesting. I mean, he has been trying to like help random He's Matt in helping. particular. Yes, yeah. I agree. He is trying to help. But I feel like he knows so much more. Yeah. than he is willing to let on. And I don't and I know that we knew that. But right. getting this perspective from more gays, <laughs> I feel like just really cemented it for me. Interesting. R2D2 motherfucker over here. <laughs> Tom's holding back on us. Tom is holding back. Uh, OK, so that said. Yes. Oh, she has. So she has this moment with Gareth Brine, who is right. like, he's a treason. Why isn't she thinking that that might be her? I know it bothers me so much, especially because we got in a previous one. She's like, I don't even remember what he was treasonous about, but right. it doesn't matter. I hate him. And it's like, OK, you need to examine that one again. But like, she has not like the one she's examined. not examining. Yeah, exactly. It's, strange. it's weird. It's um, weird. So then and then she thinks about Gabriel and it's like, well, mm-hmm. he also is a great. She hasn't really thought he's doing anything. No, she has not cottoned on to the fact that he's magic. She's just like, which is weird, which makes sense. Actually, I actually think that makes sense because, yeah, because first of all, nobody knows like normal people do not know the first second are running around. True, true, true. true, And everybody knows that men who can channel go mad and he's clearly not also bad. So like why in her worldview? No, no, no. Fair. It must just be that she's a sucker for bad men not that he has means to control her okay i agree with you uh that's so a yes. good call so then martin and lenny come back and this is where we find martin, out God damn it. About, this is where we find out about the oaths 
<clears throat> excuse me, that Gabriel has made all of the Queen's Guard yes. swear a different oath to the throne of Andor, not to her. So nobody is loyal, but Linny says that she saw Martin swear the old oath and like cry about it. And so and she like knew- cut his arm yes. open. So he she knew he was loyal. He's super emo loyal guy. Um, and so that's how she knew who he was and to go find him. And so he is like, she's like, okay, uh, let's get, let's get out of the city. Da, yep. da, da. And he's like, do you know this in called the queen's blessing? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, Avi, I've heard of it. <laughs> and he's like, okay, meet me there. Return of Basil Gill. Um, and so we get sort of like a, like a great parallel to what Elaine had to go through earlier with darkening yes. her hair and changing yeah, her yeah. thing. And Morgay's like puts this like sort of disguise on she and Linny, like get out of the castle. In the meantime, Linny's like trying to like hook Morgay's up with Martin. She's like, he's not that much younger than yeah, you. It's like super it's weird. totally fine. You're like, That's okay, like a big why? power imbalance. Linny. Yeah. I know Robert Jordan <laughs> loves those, but I know. Make it mm. weird. Let's not. Yeah. Um, so they're like going through this and she's sort of thinking and seeing now what yeah. there's like frustration in the city because they're blaming her for these for good reason, because mm. she's the queen uh, yeah. for these choices that Gabriel has been making, which is like raising taxes and mm -hmm. like doing all these things where it's like putting people in a mess. They're like doing laws that don't make sense yeah. and all these things. Um and so she's thinking about how, what she's going to have to do. Cause she basically was like, well, I can't govern from here because right. I have no loyalty here. So mm -hmm. I have to get out of here and go govern somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then yes, Basil Gill shows up. Yep. And Morgay's creates her own little like traveling party. This is so interesting. Cause I was like, why on earth would Basil Gill like leave him right? in and why wouldn't she be like no no I need you to stay here and like be my source of ears, information or whatever right? but no no he's gonna put on his like ancient chain mail and then we've got Lam Gwyn the bouncer and his lady who is interesting yeah because she's like I love him so I'll follow yeah, and she's but, like a lady from Carrion who is, is a refugee and has decided that she, yeah, is going to go wherever Lamguin goes. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. I feel like there's going to be more there. I feel like there's going to be more. There, there has to be, right? Yeah. Um, And so then they're like, okay, where are we going? And she's about to, she's like, oh, shit, where are we going? And right. then good old Martin is like, oh, we have to go to Gareth Bride. Duh. Duh. <laughs> like, duh. But of course, we know that Garen Bryan is not at home because he's being a creep and following Sue and all over the country. <laughs> Although he went the wrong direction. He but took whatever. the wrong direction. Um, so that's uh, where they head off towards, yep. presumably. They're heading oh, hard then... for Core Springs, right? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> then we get a pat. I forgot. I thought this was in the um, Leandrin chapter. So here's Pat and Fane hanging out, being a creep at in the tower. And then, of course, we get more of like, oh, Randall Thor, Randall Thor. Meanwhile, right. Randall's like, Rand is like, I don't even know who you are. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't I've forgotten know her. you. Yeah, I don't know her. I don't think of you at all. No, no. So he finds where they're hiding the dagger yep. and breaks into the room and kills an accepted who is guarding the room. Yeah, it's super gross. He like barely touches her and she's like, <laughs> yeah. her skin is like immediately. Oh putrefied and dead and it's terrible um and then an Aes Sedai shows up it's Alviarin who is the new uh keeper keeper 
and I this made me laugh really hard because he's like Black Asha, and she's like she's like oh, but Aleda says like uh, you know tales of Black Asha are vile slander against the tower, and I was like mm, there is no war in Bussing Say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> getting all the references in today um <laughs> yeah no doubt so we is this our first reveal that our alvierin is black aja i mean i Maybe. remember that i but don't I was fucking like, know yeah anyway <laughs> i think so yes black aja. she's black aja and like he <clears throat> paid in thane is like why i i could kill aleda you could be right. and she's like no i'm good i know yeah. where the power is like mm-hmm. aleda will be the one to blame when things go wrong she'll be basically in the hot seat <laughs> like yeah it's great uh and, and she we sort get of is like who are you yeah we get more of the bad management here she's like did one of the chosen send you mm-hmm. like what are you doing here who are you reporting to and he's like i'm not gonna tell you anything um and so because pat and fang goes through this whole thing it was like i was bored of darkness <laughs> Like, just like this really long, like, I've taken the path to the belly of Shao. Like, shut up. Apparently, he's, like, more experienced in terms of going to the dark places than she is. So she, like, feels like there's a little bit of a higher, there is a little bit of a hierarchy here. Um, uh, But also, she's just like, well, don't fuck with me, and I will clean up this mess you've made. Yes. So then he's like, okay, time to go find Randall Thor, my frenemy. Yeah, because he's basically like, well, I'm not on her side. I'm not on anyone's side. I'm mm-hmm. fucking Gollum over here. I yes. know I used to be a dark friend, but now I'm the chaotic agent. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Uh, uh, oh, and then we get this really grim chapter from Rand's POV, um, chapter 20, in which he is on the tail of the Shido, mm-hmm. and they're going through the pass. And Moiraine is trying to teach him stuff about Carrion, and he is not listening. No, he's like, why is she trying to <laughs> teach me so much? And it's like, because he's like, her lectures could be on small things like court behavior or large things like the political influence of the white cloaks or maybe like trade decisions. It's almost like he was like, she's almost trying to like give me all of the education in the world like right now. And he is trying, yeah. like he's trying, right? This is the thing. It's so funny. We're like five books in and I'm still like, okay, Rand, I get it. Right. I'm, totally. I'm I don't hate him board. yet. I don't hate him yet. I don't hate you. Um, and I actually hate him far less than I hate other people in this series. Right. right. Um, yeah, and, fair. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, he found out that like Aleda is now the Amerlin. And so mm-hmm. she's like, you literally cannot trust anyone except me, Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve. Yeah. No one else. Yep. Like at all. Um, but he's yeah. like, I don't really want to think about that right now. Right, right. I do want to note this quick shout out to the Silk Road. We have a silk path. Ah, uh, yes. Just, the just... the silk path. Well, so they, <laughs> they're walking and they, they come upon this like car like carved snake. Oh yeah. Entwining the staff in yes. like a cliffside. Yeah. And nobody knows what it is or what it mm. means. I because- was actually trying to figure out like, is this a place in our world or no? And I don't think it is, but anyway. I mean, it's obvious. It's like uh hearkening back though. The twin, the, the Greek. Yeah. The Asclepius. Twin- Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks for getting there with two <laughs> words. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was thinking it already. Anyway, sorry, side note. So yes, yeah, so he's like, Moiraine, like chill. Well, I'm gonna keep you close, I swear. You can tell me things later. Um, but they get to this place called Tayan, Tayan, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they see that the Shido have been and have killed a lot of people and like hung them out on the sides of the town. It's super gross to like, Um, it's disgusting. Very quickly before we move on too quickly from uh, Moiraine and Rand, speaking of like shifting power dynamics. Yes. Like I know we we are seeing a lot in this, in this excerpt in terms of like Nynaeve and Egwene and Egwene and Moiraine and now Moiraine and Rand because he thinks to himself like she seemed quite small for all her regal manner a full thing that he should feel protective of her and the way he speaks to her it isn't like condescending mm. i didn't think I, it's more that it's like he is the leader right, right. he is the person in charge it's it's right. the thing he never wanted and is now in the position of having to be and so he's like he speaks to her like, there's plenty of time ahead of us. I don't pretend to think I know as much of the world as you. I mean to keep you close from now on. Right. You barely recognize how great a change that was from when she was trying to keep him close. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a stark sort of like relationship shift that yeah. we've seen now from both sides where I think it helps that we know Moiraine's perspective on it yes. now. Yes. And maybe that's why it doesn't feel condescending to me I mean I think the words are a little can be heard as dismissive for sure um and especially like the way he's talking to somebody who is older and more knowledgeable and like also in a like way more powerful than him except that she's not really she's not though right so it's it is it's a complicated dynamic but I don't yeah I don't hate the way it's it's being described here at all yeah. Yeah. I, I think it I makes like, sense. I think it makes sense. Exactly. Like it's not that it's like we like this, but it it, it no. feels it feels authentic. real. Yeah. Yeah. Um yes. So, so yes. Then right. we get to this like dead bodies all over the thing. And he has this moment where he has a reference to what Luce Theron yes. thinks in his head. Yes, yes. Like, He's like Mar- remembering random Marua, mm-hmm. which feels French. <laughs> Who knows how you say that? (laughs) Um, uh, And he has to sort of be like, nope, I'm Rand. I'm Rand. I am me. I am Rand. Which we haven't gotten a ton of that in that section. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like surveying, you know, like he's thinking about Kadir and the peddlers and how probably they're going to go. They're going to run soon. And Moiraine's going to have to figure out what to do about all of her stuff. And then um, these sort of, you know, survivors of the Shido attack approach. He he has this kind of moment, which this was the other quote I was thinking of, Mm. if it had been my turn, um, where he sort of is like, he's thinking about Asmodian, right? Because he he's frustrated that he has to let Kadir go. Right. Um, and he's like, he has to let Kadir go because that's how they'll protect Asmodian. Mm. And he thinks, how long now had he been doing what was necessary instead of what was right in a fair world, they would be one and the same. Yeah. And it's this, I think, launching of a running theme that we're going to be seeing yeah. now through Rand's, in Rand's choices and his mm-hmm. actions and just having to remember it. Right. That like, his choices are this, like having to do what is necessary, even when it might not line up with what is right. And I think, you know, there's, 
we've had this discussion before about like where the wheel of time is situated in the like you know morality spectrum of Mm. fantasy so like when you have lord of the rings like what is right is always the thing that you do yes like it's never you never don't do what is right if right. you're in the good side um and then, and then we've got game of thrones right in which what is necessary is what is right as far mm-hmm. as your concern for your own gain yep. and this is situated pretty strongly in the middle i mean a little more towards i think the tolkien side of things but still pretty mm-hmm. middle of where like the characters have actual well some of the characters have actual nuanced thoughts about morality and ethics. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's quite refreshing, I yes. think, where you have this lead who, again, we don't hate yet. Not yet. <laughs> having to contend with these choices mm-hmm. and active. I think that's also part of it where it's like he's making these choices that we could be mad about yeah. and are frustrating, but we fully understand yes even if we disagree yes. with why he's making the Right, choices. and they feel like earned choices. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, these survivors show up. They say some like very shitty things oh, about yeah. the aisle. Super bigoted language uh, here. Yeah, rough stuff. And Matt is like, oh, but you like didn't have any <laughs> no. sentries? Okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, you had, you had to have sentries posted, right? And they're like, no. And Lan's like, that's a good question though yeah. <laughs> um and so they're telling like that cool it's cooladine obviously because yeah. he's fucking worse um where they're like oh yeah and he took people he took everybody uh over 16 yeah and basically he kept them as guy Sean. which is um, not how that works which is not done as we'll yep. find out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so Kuladin left behind a threat for rand being yep. like i killed all these people so you can see what i can do and i'm gonna do worse to you because mm-hmm. he's a big bully yeah the worst the worst and i love how when i love this moment when rand gets mad because he's like how many are there of you left and the guy is like well like a hundred ish nobody's counted and he's like why if there are a hundred of you like why are there still dead bodies in the wall like why haven't you done anything like what are you doing and that's where we get the message part it's like well he said that he would kill us if he came back and found out yeah. that we didn't leave it and like they're very they're very uh traumatized and cowardly mm-hmm. both both of those things yeah we're getting a lot of like and like they're they do say all these shitty things about isle and the isle yes. war and, da, 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 and we get this sort of recontextualization <clears throat> of this like history again mm-hmm. of no they actually were just coming to deal with this oath breaker who right. wasn't supposed to cut down a tree but yep. then did cut down the tree so mm. right right um because Ruark and another one of the uh, clan leaders come up and scare the shit out of these yes. survivors who take off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically come to the the realization that Kuladin is no longer Giotto. Yeah. He is not following Giotto mm-hmm. um, because you do not take Gaishan from people who do not. Right. Who, who are an Aiel. Yeah. Who are an Aiel. Right. Um, right. And he's doing that. And, and so- he killed more than was necessary. Like he's just like he's abandoned all of the rules of the honor system. Yep. Um, which is interesting in the context of how the Isle were born. Right. Like yeah. that's how the Isle came to 
be created with yeah. somebody who abandoned all the rules of their yeah. community structure. Ooh, it's like a twisted version. Look at that. Look at that. And then we get this little <laughs> moment where Rand has to send out scouts and he sends out not maidens. And apparently he's been very deliberately not sending out maidens on mm-hmm. missions, which definitely is going to come back to bite him in the butt. It seems like possibly. So then they decide to... um spend the night and he's like okay somebody go cut all those people down and please get them buried yeah it's really grim it's really grim uh so let's see so they're setting up camp and yeah so we're we're still rand we're still with rand in um 21 they're setting up camp Oh, right. There's this whole funky exchange with Egwene and Avienda where he's like afraid that like Egwene is going to be like vomity over seeing the dead bodies. And then they're like, Rand, it's not your fault. Are you okay? Do you need a minute? It's like this whole weird, like everybody assuming the thing about the other person kind of situation. Yeah, it's strange. I I did appreciate sort of Egwene kind of recognizing that that's something Rand tended to do and coming to like help her friend. Right. Yeah. No, like totally. it was it was like this nice moment that are becoming few and far between. Yeah. Um, so that felt kind of good. But yeah, it was like Rand is like sort of like listening in yes. because they're not outside of earshot yet. Yes. And yeah. he's like, he's like, I don't do that. I only just take responsibility that. for the things I'm actually responsible Duh. for. And you're like, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. I, I know this is not true um, of you. <laughs> And then he runs into Matt, yep. who is being Matt. And he's like, <laughs> where did like that question come from that Matt asked? And he's like, I know Matt went through something. I don't understand why he yeah. won't talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't, Rand? You don't understand why someone won't talk to you about <laughs> yeah. something? A pot kettle. Oh, <laughs> seriously. Um, and there's so, this whole Asmodian exchange. Yeah, so like Asmodian is his like banner man now. Yeah. And he hates doing it. Yes. So he's like, can't you like get someone else to carry your <laughs> banner? Um, but he sort of is like asking Asmodian, he asked him about the ruins. And Asmodian is like, this world is completely different than the mm. one I grew up in, which I I like these yeah. sort of like reminders of how small this story is in the context of the world that they're in. Like, I think yeah. that's, that's always really fun. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, I, this could be my town for all I know. I have no right. idea. Um, and then Asmodian, he like ran, goes to leave him. And Asmodian is like, you're not going to like trap me in here. Right. And they have a, com- a small conversation about trust. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, I trust you until I don't. Right. <laughs> and then I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're like, oh, I believe it. Yeah. And then he's like, by the way, it's me, Randall Thor, not Luz there. <laughs> right. And then he's like, why did I say that? Okay. Because he doesn't want Asmodian <laughs> to suspect yes. that he's losing it. He's to losing Luz any Theron. control. Yeah. Um, because he, he's like, Asmodian will like cut out the minute that happens, mm. like the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he sets up this huge ward around the camp um, for shadow mm-hmm. spawn because you know the dark hounds taught him a lesson there yeah and um we got a little bit of like the weird tainted power stuff and then there's avienda <laughs> <laughs> she like um, kills the snake and he's mad about it <laughs> it's 
So. Well, it's it's kind of cute where he's just like, why didn't you use the power? Like, what? What? Why? And she's like, oh, are you worried about me? And he's like, no. It's really They're funny. So great. I actually really, really love <laughs> how their relationship has been written yeah. because I think he's doing like a good job of like idiots who like each other, but don't want to <laughs> admit that they like each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Um, <laughs> like good. So long as you do not presume toward yeah. me. And she's still giving him presents because he like, she gave him this fancy belt buckle, but he refuses to acknowledge mm-hmm. that there's debt. So she's like, great. I'm going to give you layman's sword. Like, what? 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 Way to Wait, raise the what? ante here. Like, what the fuck? And so he's like, okay, I'll keep the blade. You keep this ruby encrusted <laughs> hilt and sheath, whatever. Right. Because he recognizes that the blade is like the fancy special metal that like, and it's like, heron marked. and it's heron marked. So he's like, oh yeah, I'll totally keep this sword. But here you can have this like priceless, also useless scabbard back. <laughs> She's like, she's like, are you just it. trying to like I not trying to settle a debt? You and he's like, fine, me. it's settled. It's settled. <laughs> and I actually like this where he's like, look, I never accepted that part of it. So technically <laughs> it's yours to do with what you want because I never took it from you. I'm not giving it back. <laughs> she's so mad. <laughs> it's really funny. I um, did love the story of how she got it. Cause he's like, how the fuck do you have yeah, right? Like, this is insane. Why do you have this? And I love how she's like, you know, like young people like, like to own the thing until they get bored of it. And then they sell it to somebody else. Yeah, no, it was cute. It was, it was fun. Cute. Uh, it was like a fun, like light part of like yes. aisle society. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which there's also a wedding that happened. Oh Yes. <clears throat> um, because they're so they're going to bed basically because she's still sleeping in his tents. Mm-hmm. Scandal, um, and, scandal, and they're like facing away from each other because she's like changing under her blankets <laughs> and he can hear her and he's like getting stressed out about it. Yeah, so he starts asking about like Mel- uh, Melanie's wedding mm-hmm. um, to Bale, right? Yeah, yeah, and of course it's this like gross thing where he's like, did Bale really not need to know? Right. Uh, this was happening and she's like no what they already <laughs> talked about it why should anyone have choices yeah yeah <sighs> but it is cute that he's like so what this mean what did this mean right tell me about this part it's like a really sweet interaction between I know them. well and then she gets mad of course she's like you don't need to know any of this because you're not gonna marry an idol I woman know. you're gonna oh marry a lady and he's Anna. like oh my god stop like what um and he has this thought where he's just like that's it. She can't sleep here anymore. Right. And then he's like, but I've thought that 15 times. <laughs> uh, they have a little bit about um, Matt because people yeah. are, Matt is still with Marin, Marinda, right? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Whatever that other, that former Shido aisle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, what does it mean teaching a man to sing right and melindra it's melindra Melindra, thank you uh and she's like oh when a man gives up the spear for the maiden and Mm. rand's like that would never happen right (laughs) what the hell 
but it's basically like a way around like they become guy shan and then they have to sing songs it's a really mm-hmm. weird yeah. weird explanation yeah and then is. i do love like he's finally like who gave you the necklace <laughs> <laughs> which we know is from Egwene. and at the end is like a friend (laughs) i love it i love them so much (laughs) it's really good it's really cute it's and i love how he's like a friend it's a northern pattern rain came from the north no but wait she already had the necklace why do i even care it's so it's so good it's so like cute him it's just it feels like such a uh relationship development that Elaine and Rand did not get yes yes right because it's a grad again earned a gradual earned yes. consistent interaction yes it's over so time good. that makes sense I do this dream though I will say so uh, he has always. this dream that he's trying to throw Avienda over his shoulder and Min and Elaine are helping and this is like a throwback to these Ayel marriage customs Woo, and that's the end of that section because Robert Jordan's got to make it weird. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that was a was, ride. <laughs> that was a ride. That was a lot. We did it. We but, did that thing. Um, okay. Where are we? Here we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you can keep an eye out. We're back on schedule now. So you can keep mm-hmm. an eye out for episodes on Wednesdays, every other Wednesday. Uh, you can find the conversation uh, mostly on social media at hashtag Tarvalin or bust. And the next episode, we're going to do chapters 22 through 30, which is about a hundred pages again. Mm-hmm. And a huge thank you to Brian Dunn, fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at briandunnmusic.net. That's Brian with a Y and Dunn with two N's. And if you are enjoying the show, please do leave us a review or a rating or whatever on the podcast platform of your choice. It does help other folks to find the show and we super appreciate seeing those come in. It makes us so happy. Uh, you can also find us on social media and other podcasts. Preeti, where are you? Uh, I am on everything at Run With Skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Um, right now, you can also find me on Desi Geek Girls, which is the podcast I co-host with Swatma Krishna. We are covering Picard and mm. will likely also be covering Moon Knight. Ooh, um, I'm so excited about that. Yes. And we just did, we just had our Spider-Man No Way Home episode come out last week. Um, and so lots of good stuff happening over there. I gotta and watch see- that already so I can listen <gasps> to that episode. I know, yes! I know you love it. I know you love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Um, speaking of Spider-Man, you can also pre-order Spider-Man Social Dilemma. Please pre-order it. I'm hopefully going to make some stickers to send out to people who do pre-order it. Exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. I have been super quiet lately because we are neck deep in working on this new anthology with um, my co-host Sharifa Williams from SFF Yeah Podcast. It's going to be Greek mythology retellings. It's called Food for the Gods. We just announced our author lineup. Super exciting. Love it. Really fun. You cannot pre-order that yet. It just barely <laughs> yeah, does. It does not exist as a book yet, but it will. It will in the next year. It's going to exist. <laughs> it's exciting. 
But while you're waiting, you can pick up Swordstone Table, which you does can. exist and is out and is the first anthology. Preby has a story in I it. I do. It's really good. It's really good. Um, that was edited with Swapna Krishna also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. We always have a lot of stuff. This episode, speaking of wait, stuff. Oh. Wait, nope, nope. Nope, nope. You're right. You're right. My bad. In the meantime, <laughs> you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tarvalin or bust. And uh, as always, a huge, huge thank you to our patrons who are always killing it and bringing up great points in our Discord and all of those, all of those messages. We really, really like hanging out with everybody. Fred, Robin, Lisa D, Ian Z, Jordan Z, Greg G, Saga N, Josh S, Robert J, Ben P, G Todd, R D, P Footy, Mellow Whale, Armand B, Ross P, Tobin T, Megan, David N, Ariel B, Amy A, Michael, Linnea M, Lindsay W, Julie, Danielle G, Dan B, John A, Clara H, Carly, Brendan O, Has Matilda, Mary, Akil A, Caroline P, Joe E, James K, Mathis, Joseph S, Ryan M, Sarah R, Kelly T, Helen D, Joshua M, Michael D, Dre, M. Lethem, Janae H, Jennifer P, Peace Vulcan, Rio W, Christina G, Chaitali S, Charlie E, Arcade, Stephen S, James, Barry Q, Ruth A, Jetlag Jessica, Mandarb the Girl, not the Horse, David U, Amy R, Meridim, Mimi K, Amanda, Mark D, Heather J, Christina M, Malia H, Keith, Sirius G, Olivia K, Joshua S, Nicholas E, Michelle S, Michelle D, Danae, Destination Toast, MJ, Kat S, Jericho W, Saber Bouquet, Thomas K, Elizabeth F, Emily, Evans K, Ola J, Yulia S, Brian D. This episode is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the Wheel of Time, but it is an ending. Bye.